Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul, taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Hashem says, when Mashiach will come, I will remove the heart of stone. It reminds me of the story, someone once came to Lubavitcher Rebbe and says, Rebbe, what's, what's wrong in my life? What do I need? I have everything I need. I'm married, two children, I march in the Israeli Day Parade, I send in my $18 to whatever, <laughs> the campaign. What's, what's wrong with my life? <laughs> what am I missing? The Rebbe said, he says, are you a stone? A stone can stand in one place a thousand years. It doesn't budge. It's very happy. It doesn't bother anyone. No one bothers it. It sits there. It doesn't move. It doesn't... He said, anything that has a higher form of life than a stone, a tree has to grow. A tree stops growing. It's not connected. And an animal can't sit still and grow. An animal has to, has, can't sit still. It's a roam. A human being has a mind. So in addition to roaming, your mind, you have to develop your mind, your imagination. So, are you a stone? Are you so rigid and so oblivious and so dead? That you're so complacent, you're so happy and satisfied with yourself. This is what it means when your heart is like a stone. Unmovable, unbudgerable, unchanged. You're not, you, there's nothing even wrong. You're not lacking in anything. Just complacent and smug and self-satisfied but very foolishly smug what are you so smug about what's the first sign of illness when the person, the, the person is sick what's the first symptom, the first sign of illness loss of appetite <laughs> when you lose your appetite that's, that's the first sign of illness and the same is true with spiritual illness a person is suffering from a clogged heart he has no appetite He's not hungry. I know all these wonderful things. You can hear, you can listen, you can understand. I'm not hungry. I'm not seeking. I'm not yearning. I'm hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm very happy. I'm very complacent. I'm satisfied. I'm very happy with myself. Okay. I haven't made a single change in the last year. I'm not planning to change. If anything, things things are going downhill I'm happy that's fine nobody's perfect we're human there's no hunger there's no fire there's no yearning there's no like it's like it's like all abstract Very nice ideas nice concepts you can hear you can listen you can understand you can even repeat it but it leaves you cold and different your heart is clogged your arteries are clogged your spiritual arteries are clogged the blood is not pumping the heart is barely moving, barely alive. There's no vigorous movement. And that's a, that's a, very, that's a very serious illness. And this is an illness that can actually... The person who's doing everything right is actually more in danger of this illness than the person who's doing something wrong. Because the person who's doing something wrong, you know, yeah, you, have, you have a meta Jew who doesn't feel guilty. He, uh, he knows he's doing something wrong. So he feels terrible. He feels horrible. At least once in a while he has some guilt pangs. He knows something is wrong. I have to change. Okay, I'm lazy. I'm not ready to change. The problem is the person who's not doing anything wrong. Not doing everything right. What did I do wrong? I'm not a, I didn't do anything terrible. 
my life. Just mediocre, that's all. Nothing wrong, nothing right. There's nothing special, nothing really going on in my life. Just I'm coasting along. I'm doing the right thing. I pay my taxes. I pay my dues. I march where I have to march. I do what I have to do. I'm a good citizen. I'm not doing anything wrong. The person has a sense of complacency. Instead of a sense of restlessness. That, you know, something is wake up. Something, something is, doesn't sit right with you. And you're yearning and you're searching and you're seeking. And you, you know, that sense of restlessness is the beginning of all spiritual growth. If a person, if a person feels complacent, satisfied, smug, and content. How do you wipe away that smugness? Indifference. That's the worst thing in the world. How do you deal with indifference? You know, a wise man, they ask, once asked a wise man, what's worse, ignorance or indifference? So the wise man said, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> you can't deal with indifference. If someone fights back, if someone argues with you, okay, at least there's someone alive, there's somebody home. He's fighting back. He cares enough to fight back. And do It's nice, it's beautiful. But it doesn't affect me. It doesn't change me. It doesn't affect me. I'm complacent, I'm smug, I'm content, I'm satisfied. It's the most difficult thing, issue to deal with. That's called timtum halev. The heart is clocked. You can't reach a person. You can't reach yourself. When a person's heart is clogged and closed, nothing you can say and nothing you can do. The person clogged. Everything is filed in here, mentally filed. But you know it's not going to make its way down the, the narrow highway called the neck. can't get home. It doesn't reach home. It doesn't reach the heart. So you don't, you're not moved. You're not touched. You're not inspired. And nothing changes. You remain indifferent, cold, indifferent. And this happens to everyone. It happens to the best of us. This smugness. Especially to the best of us. <laughs> the people who are not the best of us, they're not so smug. They know it's not good. They're embarrassed, they're ashamed. You know, they're not ready to change. They're having t- too much fun. At least they think they're having fun. By the time they figure out it's not fun, it's already too late. They're addicted and, <laughs> and they're suffering, but they're in pain, but it's too late. But the person, the best of us, those who are doing the right thing, not doing anything wrong. And they're complacent. This smugness, this arrogance, this, this, this complacency, this is so difficult to deal with. That's what Alter Rebbe is going to address here. How do you deal with this? So the Zohar says, this was given by the head of the yeshiva in heaven. The president, the dean of the yeshiva, the academy, of the heavenly academy in heaven was giving this advice. A soul, who's like a person who feels like he's a clog, a piece of wood, and the fire is just not taking. She says the answer is not to pour more kerosene or to add more matches. She says no. The, the answer is splinter the wood itself. And the analogy is that when a person feels that his heart is clogged and he's not responding and he's dull and he's not sensitive and there's no reaction to anything spiritual or godly, he says the answer is not, let me pray a little more. Let me meditate a little more. Let me study a little more Torah. That's not going to help you. 
You are clogged. You are clogged up. Your heart is clogged up. You're about to catch a heart attack. You need something. You need some CPR. You are the problem. You have to take this wood and you have to splinter it. What's causing the clogging of the heart? Why the loss of appetite? You have a meal in front of you, a royal feast sitting in front of you. You're sitting, you're praying, you're learning. You have a royal feast and you have no, you have no hunger, you have no appetite. Where, where does this complacency come from? Why aren't you on fire? You should be yearning, you should be seeking, you should be searching. Your soul should be restless, a soul on fire. Why isn't your soul on fire? Because of your ego, your arrogance. You're so self-centered, you're so self-absorbed, you're so selfish. You're so egotistical. You can't even see beyond your own nose. You have to splinter that. You have to crack through that ego, that arrogance. You have to break that ego, that arrogance. Because this is ego in its worst excess. This is the, the core of ego could be something very healthy and very necessary and very essential. But this is just ego just gotten out of hand knows no limits. When a person becomes so egotistical that you become spiritually dead inside, that you lose any hunger for anything spiritual, for anything deep, for any depth, for anything substantial, for anything godly, for anything meaningful, that means you're so egotistical that you become, you become drunk. Drunk. Not on godliness, you become drunk on materialism. And you know, you know what you have to do to a drunk person? You know how you sober up a drunk person? You've got to slap him around a little. That's what you got to do. You've got to slap yourself around a little. You've become so drunk. You're so out of touch. You're so far from reality. You're so clueless. You're so self-absorbed in the most absurd, most ridiculous way that you really have to crack yourself into splinters. You have to break that arrogance. You have to unclog, unclog those arteries. You can even have the possibility of someone who's not only clogged, his heart is clogged. Sometimes your mind is clogged. And that's, that's a much deeper, much more serious illness than the heart being clogged. Because when the mind is clogged, that means you, you, you don't even perceive it. You don't even have the clarity of mind to appreciate the concept. When you, don't even, when you can't even wrap your mind around the concept of godliness, about the infinite and appreciate the beauty of God and the greatness and the infinite of God. And, and if, you, if your mind can't even respond intellectually, to get excited at least intellectually, about godliness, that means you're so far removed that your mind is clocked. And you can hear and listen, it's like, ah, uh, like, like, like there's, no, there's no response, there's no intellectual response. That's, that's, that's much deeper. <laughs> that's a much deeper illness. It's like a brain tumor. That's a much deeper illness than, than, than just the problem with the heart. And the heart, heart is being clogged. So here he says, when he's explaining the Zohar, it's possible that the light of the neshama and the intellect, the godly intellect, does not illuminate the coarseness of the body. The reason is, he says, it's because of the, the, the grossness and the coarseness 
of the mind and the heart and of the body of the person when a person when you live a life of indulgence and your life when you're so self-centered and so self-absorbed that you just become a very coarse human being you know the person who's coarse is usually the last person in the world to notice know it. <laughs> Everyone around them knows it. You, you just become a very spiritually ugly and disgusting person. You just become you know a person who's not capable of loving anyone other than themselves. A person who's not capable of really connecting with anyone other than themselves. A person who's not really able to, to get excited about anything other than themselves. This comes from the arrogance, from the coarseness, from the grossness, from the type of lifestyle that you live. Until you become impossible and, and, and um, you become ugly and disgusting and to everyone around you. You hurt everyone around you. Because you're not capable of treating other people respectfully and treating other people with love or treating other people. You just become a very coarse human being. You don't even realize how you just hurt everyone around you because you, you just become a... Uh, totally self-absorbed human being and no one else matters no one else cares your heart is dead your heart is clogged you don't feel anything and um, it's a very very it's a very sad place to be in but that's exactly where you are and you're walking around saying I'm perfect I'm complacent I'm content I'm smug I'm happy with myself the person who's really in the lowest of the low who should really be disgusted with himself, is usually the person that's the happiest with himself. I'm so happy, I'm, so, I'm good. It's, it's clueless, completely clueless, oblivious. Comple- oblivious to, to what a low human being he's become, what a low life. He's become so coarse and so gross, he doesn't respond to anything God. Nothing moves him, nothing, nothing gets to him, nothing, he becomes unreachable. So maybe your mind and heart are functioning in other areas in your life. But when it comes to godliness, you don't respond to godliness. Godliness doesn't inspire you. You're studying Torah. Torah is godly. It should inspire you. You should be excited. I'm studying Torah. I'm studying God's Torah. Cold, indifferent, irrelevant. Don't bother me. I have no time. I'm praying. I'm praying to God. It should inspire you. I'm talking to God. It leaves you cold. It leaves you indifferent. You can't wait to get out. You're looking at your wife. You're doing a mitzvah. You're doing something divine. It leaves you cold and inspired. The godly holiness, the light, cannot penetrate the darkness. Your heart is clogged. Your heart is stuffed. Your heart is... The only answer is you have to crush the arrogance. The arrogance, the excesses of the ego. This self-absorption and arrogance and smugness and contentness. How are you going to crush this arrogance? He says, by feeling disgusted with yourself. Because, you know, no one likes to be insulted. If someone insults you, you wake up. It bothers you. You respond. It could be you're asleep and indifferent to anything else. But when someone insults you, boy, are you awake. You're not asleep. You're not indifferent. You care. Oh, so mazel tov. Oh, you have feelings. Oh, you feel things. You're alive. I thought you're dead. 
So, you know, if no one else is going to do you the favor of insulting you, maybe insult yourself. Maybe we have a favor. Our spouses, you know, once in a while put us in our place. Maybe they're doing us a favor. They wake us up a little. Give us a little pickle. Hello, wake up. You're not dead yet. You know, you still respond. You still get insulted. That's fine. It's wonderful. But if no one is going to do us that favor, and we have to do ourselves that favor and insult ourselves, wake up. Are you so dead? Insult yourself. You disgusting human being. Look how low you are, low life. Yes, we live in a very, we always like to be positive, always positive, positive feedback, you know, and there's a whole school of thought in education. You always have to be, tell the children how wonderful they are and how great they are. And, um, you know, sometimes you can produce a monster, you know, some of the worst criminals grew up in very wonderful homes and they were told how wonderful they are and they were never once in their life told otherwise. And they grew up into wonderful monsters. Um, a person has to, once in a while, a person has to humble himself. When you become so arrogant and so selfish and so self-centered and so self-absorbed until you become an impossible human being, stuffy and, 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 and just intolerable, you take yourself so seriously and become intolerable, you know, it's time to really start insulting yourself a little. Get under your own skin. Get under your own skin and start insulting yourself and, and just bring down that arrogance. Just enough of this arrogance. Some people take themselves so seriously. Some people are so, like, you know, like, come on, get off it. We're a who are Like, enough already. <laughs> it's intolerable. Some people are so, it's just, it's just disgusting to everyone else except themselves. They're the last ones to see it. So it's very healthy. He doesn't even give it a time. He doesn't say when. He says, find a time, any time. Whenever you find yourself a little too arrogant and stuffy and impassable and overbearing and, and just uh, enough already, you know, come on. And you lose all your humanity and all your mainness and you stop feeling any, any humane, humane feelings, loving feelings. You can't connect with everyone. Your heart is clear. Your heart is like a stone. You're arrogant, indifference, cold. Start insulting yourself. Break yourself into a thousand pieces. Have a broken heart. As the great Hasidic Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin once said, he says, there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. Because when your heart is broken, then you're real. Then your soul emerges. The real you, that beautiful little innocent child. As children were all beautiful and loving and a pleasure, what happened to that? What happened to that wonderful part within us? Where did it go? Where did it disappear? It's there, but it's hiding behind all that arrogance. And so you have to you have to crack through that shell. It's the clipper. He calls it the clipper, the shell that covers up. It's that that the shell of the peanut that's blocking blocking the fruit inside. You have to crack through the shell. You have to shatter it. You have to break your heart. Break your heart. You're feeling so good about yourself. You're feeling so wonderful. You're feeling so complacent and so content and, and you're on top of the world. You're so clueless. It's, it's pathetic. Break your heart. Insult yourself. Wake up. You know, when you insult yourself, you wake up and you're feeling very insulted. How dear. But if no one's going to do you the favor, do yourself the favor. Insult yourself. Feel broken. And once you feel shattered and broken a thousand pieces, then the beauty inside of you will emerge. The beauty is there. The soul is there. The neshama is there. You have a divine spark inside of you. It's a deer. But it's trapped. That's what Musa is? Musa. Not as a way of life. Here, 
we're talking about in a very specific, it's a very specific cure for a very specific situation. Thank God this doesn't happen all the time. Most of the time, our hearts, the heart is awake. You feel awake, you're inspired, you respond to holiness, you respond to godliness, you feel inspired. But occasionally, we have this problem. We all have this problem. Everyone has this problem occasionally. When your heart is like a stone, unbudgeable, unmovable. And no matter what you do, you couldn't care. You're cold, you're indifferent, and you're not responding. You lost your appetite, you're not hungry, you're sick. This is the antidote. This is what you have to do. You have to humiliate yourself, denigrate yourself, insult yourself. Wake up. Wake yourself up. Crack through all that, all that shell, all that garbage that we surround ourselves with. And just become real. Humble. A person who's real is humble. A person is arrogant. Arrogant is a cover-up. The person who's more arrogant is usually the person who's more insecure. Of course, brilliant people are very arrogant. But it's really a cover-up. It's a cover-up for deep inner, inner, inner insecurity. Because they're so clever, they cover it up very well. So you become very arrogant and nasty and, you know, put offish. But the truth is, arrogance is a cover-up for insecurity. A person who's genuine is humble. There's no need for any cover-up. There's no need for any arrogance. There's no need. They're, they're real. They're connected. They're in touch they're able to make relations, real relations with other people. First and foremost with your spouse, because that's really the sign. A person who's wonderful with the whole world, it all begins and ends with your spouse. That's the sign if you're real or not. That, that, that's the sign. If, you're real, if you have a real relationship with your spouse, that means you're a real person. If not, so arrogance is really a cover-up for inner insecurities. But you can't deal with it, so you just, you just project it, and you just create this shell, and you create this artificial self. But it's sad. It's very sad to see this brilliant person and see how arrogant and impossible and stuffy they are, and just realize they're so, uh, they're so out of touch with themselves. So you, yes, you have to, once in a while you have to insult yourself. Get real. Humble. Crush that arrogance. A broken heart. There's nothing more precious than a broken heart. Al-Khabad doesn't seem to do Musar. Again, Musar is a way of life. Because the general approach is you have to be joyful. And you have to approach everything from a perspective of joy. And you have to um, view yourself. It's like the difference between the holistic approach to life or or the pathological approach to medicine. You don't focus and dwell on the negativity. You focus and dwell on the positive. You have a divine spark. You have something precious inside of you. You want to live up to it. And that's fine. But here we're talking about when a person is suffering. A person's, your heart is clogged. The arteries are not working. The blood is not pumping. You learn. You pray. You understand. And yet you remain indifferent. Nothing moves you. Nothing touches you. Nothing inspires you. There's no change. There's no movement. Nothing shakes you up. So there, here you have to take drastic measures. That's what the Zohar says. The dean of the yeshiva in heaven said, when a person encounters such a situation, your heart is clogged, it's like a stone, then you have to splinter yourself into a thousand pieces. 
when your heart is broken, oh, now, now, the, the beautiful person inside of you is beginning to emerge. Now I see a real person with a broken heart, a real person. Who can have relations with other people, who can connect with other people, who can appreciate, who can love, who can respect, who can, a real person. And the truth is, when you don't love and respect someone else, it's because you don't love and respect yourself. The arrogant person has no relationship with himself either. It's not like he has a relationship with himself, but he doesn't have a relationship with anyone around being selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed and arrogant and, and, and indulgent, that means you're alienated from yourself and from everyone else. You have no real relationship. Your heart is dead. You don't feel anything. So we've got to crack through that shell. We have, to, we have to reach the person. The person has to wake up. He's dying in us. You're dying in us. Where, where are you? I don't know where you've become. You're not, you're not a real... You're, there's nothing real here. There's nobody home. So it's time to wake up, you know, smell the coffee. But once you crack through that shell and you have a broken heart, you can feel again. You can feel alive again. You can can relate to yourself again. You can relate to those around you. You can start loving, respecting, being hungry for life, being hungry to learn, being hungry to grow, hungry to change. Now you're alive. Mazel tov. Welcome back to, welcome back. You've been resurrected. You're practically dead. When your heart is stuffed, you're practically dead. You're not alive. So we need, we need this, is, this is CPR. We, need, I mean, we have to revive you, resurrect you. You have to crack through that shell. Until you crack through that shell, it's just a waste of time. So it's not by pouring more kerosene, learning more. It's not going to help you. Meditating more. You're in the way. Your arrogance and your coarseness and your grossness and your self-absorption and self-centeredness and so delusional and so disconnected from reality. Psychotic almost. Like disconnected from reality. So you have to wake up. This is, this is so the way to do this, yes, is insulting yourself. Yes. Not as a way of life in general. Not to walk around with your head down. But when you're so arrogant and so disproportionate to reality, your sense of self is so disproportionate to any reality, you become so delusional. And this is the only response. You've got you to really bring, bring you down to earth. Hello, wake up. Come. Earth calling. <laughs> Put everything into perspective. Come back to, to life. Get real. So a little insult is, is very healthy in this case. Feel something. When you're not feeling anything, a person is sick, he's not responding to any, any normal stimulation. You've got you to gotta wake up that hunger. What's the first sign of cure of, of when a person is back, when he's curing, when he's healing, when he, when he gets your appetite back? Suddenly you're hungry again. You join the living. You're hungry again. You're hungry for life. But when your heart becomes so dull and insensitive and clogged and coarse, and this, then you're not responding to anything. That's a sign of arrogance. That's the, that's the symptom. The, the core, root cause is arrogance. Ego. And therefore, yeah, not a healthy ego. Extremely unhealthy ego. A distorted, grotesque form of ego. And that has to be cracked, broken into a thousand pieces. By insulting yourself. Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul, taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky.